Now for the last little while we've been teaching along the line based on a, a specific revelation that the Lord has given me which is basically faith is confidence in the sacrifice. Yes. Amen. Um, last you can you can get last week's teaching the simplicity of faith you can get it online website Facebook um, YouTube wherever and then there are several other messages along the same line um, quite a few were in St. Catherine's that you can get on the podcast if you don't you can download the podcast I think it's called anchor you can download it and um, and be able to get a, a number of messages that have been preached on this subject anyway but um, so I'm just gonna go on from there Faith, confidence in the sacrifice. And today, specifically, it's going to be about how, how to anchor your faith. How to anchor your faith. So that when the storms of life and situations and circumstances and emotions and, and, and all these other things come, that your faith will be anchored and it will not be shaken. Because it says, by faith we stand. Which means if the faith is shaken, then we're not able to stand. Amen? But then that faith is this confidence in the sacrifice. So if the faith is shaken, if that confidence in the sacrifice shifts, then somehow or the other it will also affect our ability to stand. Alright, now in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13 it says, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men be strong. Now this is old King James. Let me amplify that a little bit. Watch ye. Be alert. Be sober. Think like God. And to be sober is to think according as God. According to the word. Be alert. Be sober. Think like God. Watch your mouth. Watch your heart. Watch your soul. Don't be tricked by symptoms. Don't be tricked and be seduced out of the faith, out of this place of confidence in the sacrifice of Christ and what Jesus has done. Don't be seduced out and tricked by other voices. But rather, stand fast in the faith. Stand firm. Don't move. Don't back down. Don't bow out. It is by faith, it is by confidence in the sacrifice that you stand. Be patient, pers per be persevering, add joy and praise to your faith so that it could be empowered. And we're going to talk about that. Keep your fire burning. In this steadfastness, there is a fire that you got to keep burning. You gotta, there's a fervency in spirit that, you, that one must maintain. Quit. What does it say? Quit be like men. Quit you like men. Which is to say, be mature. Be courageous. Don't be wimpy. <laughs> be courageous. Be strong. Grow in strength. Grow in grace. You are strong in the Lord. You have the, you have the, you have the Holy Spirit who has no measure. Be strong. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, in Mark 11, verse 23 and 24, when it was, Jesus was teaching on faith, and he says, have, have the faith of God, have the God kind of faith. And then he said in Mark 11:23, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, 
Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So in that verse of scripture, basically he's saying that you can have what you say by saying what you believe in your heart and what it is you desire. You can have what you say. He didn't say that you are to say what you have. Saying what you have doesn't change anything. Right? And if what you have is not enough or it's not what you want, then saying it only reinforces it. But he says, he says you can have what you say. And then he goes on to say in verse 24, Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive what it is you desire when you pray, at the time when you're praying, believe you receive it and you shall have it. In other words, at the time you are praying, because this is how faith works, at the time you are praying, you know what it is you desire, and you ought to know what you desire before you pray, so that you could be ready to receive when you pray. So when you pray, is when you pray. When you pray, believe specifically what it is you desire. In other words, when you pray, take it. Now if you, if you take it, then you have it. It's in the spirit, but if you take it, you have it. So it says if you take it, if you receive it in the spirit, then you have it. And if you have it in your spirit and you hold fast, you will have it. Sometime in the future, in the natural, in the seen realm. So believe you receive it, present tense, when you pray, in the spirit, and you shall have it in the seen realm. Sometime in the future. Amen? Now, there is a gap between receiving it and having it manifested. And it is in that gap quite often that we can miss it. The Bible says through faith and patience you obtain the promises. The whole question here today is, is, is how do you function? How do you manage that time before I believe I receive it and I have it? Because in there there's a lot of things that can happen that can derail your faith, that can shipwreck your faith, that can pull you off track. What do you do during that waiting period? The Bible speaks about appointed time of harvest. The Bible speaks about, um, in, in another place, and, and actually, this is a verse of scripture, let me just get it out there, in Daniel chapter 7, because we've got to understand, there, there is a war. Yes. Amen? Yes. There is a war, and I'll tell you something about this war just for a moment. I know we think it's our war, but this war goes way, 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 way back. Way back before, before God even created, created Adam and Eve. Way back when, when the devil tried to rebel against God and took one third of the angels and was kicked out of heaven. Remember that? All right? And, and God declared certain things concerning him. That he was going to be um, ashes under the soles of our feet, etc., etc. At that time, man didn't exist as he does today, as he did in the God, as when Adam was created. So there was a war, and God had the, the devil's future locked up and sealed. But you see, that, that war that began then, the, God could have just crushed him. But God decided, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Maybe if I just crush him, then in the future I might look like, like a bully. It's easy for me to do that. But God decided, you know what? There's going to be man. And man is going to bruise the devil underneath his feet. 
So God, this war that you and I are in is a war that started way back then. But we have now become the instruments in the, we, are, we have now become God's battle axe. We have now become God's sharp threshing instruments having teeth. We have now become the extension of God. We have now become the body of Christ. And it, God has ordained that the last enemy of death is going to be destroyed through us. That the enemy is going to be made Jesus' footstool through us. So we are involved in a war. Are you with me? Amen. And the Bible says, and that war sometimes comes down to little things. Where the enemy wants to stop you. He wants to derail you. In, in Daniel chapter 7 verse 25, I just want you to catch a phrase. It says, he shall speak words against the Most High. The enemy is going to speak words. He's going to speak words. He's going to speak lies. He's going he's gonna to try to say that what God says. He's, he's going he's, he's gonna to try to say, well, had God said. Right? No, it's not going to happen. I know you believe in God, but look at sister so-and-so. Look at brother so-and-so. Look what happened to this one. And try to talk you out of it. He'll speak words against the Most High, and he will what? He will wear out the saints. He will wear them out. You know, people can be worn out just by the monotony of life. Just by the, 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 the you know, you wake up, you go to sleep, you eat, you do this, you do that, and then we go to And just that process <laughs> can wear you out. Amen? Reading newspapers, it can wear you out. But the Bible says, you see, you shall reap if you faint not. If you, the Bible says, do not be weary in well-doing because you're going to reap if you faint not. So the enemy knows that if he can weary you out, you could be in the middle of the harvest field with harvest all around you, but when you get, become weary and you faint, you can't harvest. Even though you had good seed in the ground. Are you with me? So the Bible says here in Daniel 7 verse 25. And he, he speak words against the most high. Attacking our minds. At trying, to, trying to attack our emotions. Attack us in the realm of our soul. To bring us out in a place of unbelief. And to weary us, weary, and to weary us out. To weary out the saints of the most high. Why is he doing it? And think to change Times and laws. He's doing it because there's an appointed time for your harvest. And he doesn't want that to take place. So that is why he's doing it. Are you with me? Alright. So what, how, do we, how do we handle this time between I believe I receive it and having it? How do we handle that time? Well, it's going to be in the Bible says patience. True faith and patience. Now patience is faith continuous. It's like if faith is a dot, and then when you put an X dot and you put a whole bunch of dots together, you got a line. That line is now patience. Faith continued. Steadfastness. Amen? All right. Through faith and patience, you obtain the promise. Now, turn with me to Titus chapter 1. As you're turning there, let me inject this thought into your thinking. Here is what, here is what, what be, between, I believe I receive it, and have it. Here's what's going on. The enemy wants to distract you, wants to put you off track. And there are many things, there are many voices, so to speak, that can talk to you. And if you listen to them, and you repeat them, 
If those voices are not the voice of God, it's not the voice of the blood, it's not the voice of the word, it's not the voice of the spirit of God, it's not coming from the sacrifice of Christ. If those voices are coming from one's symptoms, if those voices are coming from the environment, if that voice is coming from the enemy, if that voice is coming from reasoning and logic but it's not from God, any of those voices can throw you off track. That's part, of, that's part of the plan. Now here's what happened. If you listen to those voices, and then you're just repeating those voices, and you are an echo of those voices. Did you hear that? In other words, I mean, let's say, I mean, I'm believing God for this shoulder. And this shoulder still hurts. It hurts. And all I'm here talking, oh, it hurts. It does hurt. But it hurts. It hurts. Do you know how much this hurts? It really hurts. What am I doing? All I'm doing is I am echoing the voice of that symptom. And there is no power in that to change the situation. What I have to do, I must not be an echo, but I must be a voice that has penetration by the Spirit and the Word of God to change the situation. Are you with me? Now you need to get that. Amen. Now, in Titus chapter 1, so in between, I believe I receive and I have it, you got to make sure you're not an echo, but you're a voice. Where you literally, the voice that God uses, or the voice of God in this situation, to bring forth the harvest. Life is in the power of your tongue. The Bible says, God said, I'm going to make, first of all, it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13, that the word of God is alive. It is powerful. And it was talking about the spoken word, not the written word. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. The spoken word. Say the spoken word. Backtrack. There is a huge difference between the spoken word and the written word, even though they may say the same thing. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The devil, was Jesus had just come out of the 40-day fast, and he was hungry. And so the devil tempted him to turn the stones into bread. Remember that? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, it is written. Men shall not live by bread alone. His life is not going to come from bread alone. But by what? Every word that proceed out of the mouth of God. He didn't say by every word that is written. Amen. It says every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, the life, he says, men cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In other words, the life is in the utterance of God. It is in the, it is in the spoken word of God. That is why it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, we have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, we believe and therefore speak until the speaking there is no power it is the preaching of the cross the speaking says the speaking that's very very important amen so God says I'm gonna make my word that is alive and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword that has penetration to the soul and spirit joints and marrow Everything is naked and defenseless before it. He says, I'm going to make that spoken word in your mouth as a fire and as a hammer. And I'm going to so anoint your mouth that my word coming out your mouth is going to produce. 
Are you with me? It will not return void. But that's the reason why, again, we absolutely must speak it. The righteousness which is a faith doesn't just sit and think about it and meditate on it. The righteousness which is a faith speaks. I remember I had a conversation with someone that was dealing with a particular situation and they were talking about what they're meditating on. Uh, they've been meditating on this and meditating on that. And is that good? Of course that is good. The only problem with that is meditation will produce revelation. Is revelation wonderful? Yes, it is. But revelation will not give you a harvest. Until you take revelation and it produces the motivation for you to take action, no harvest. Is meditation good? Yes. Is revelation good? Absolutely. But until you take action, there is no harvest. We're going to talk in a little while about the perfecting of faith. This is a faith without works. Faith, if it doesn't have action to go with it, is incomplete. And it's like a corpse. It's sitting there, looking good, but going nowhere. Amen? But faith has to have corresponding action. And the number one corresponding action of your faith is speaking. A second one is joy. A third one is thanksgiving. A fourth one is simply obeying what the Spirit of the Lord tells you to do. Amen? Cast the net on the right side of the boat or whatever he tells you to do. Give away your shoes. <laughs> Amen? All right. So Titus chapter 1, reading from verse 1, Paul, an apostle of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God, of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth. I got I to gotta bear down on some things. Say, I'm a voice, not an echo. This is what matters between, I believe I receive it, and I have it. And the acknowledgement of the truth, which is after godliness. When you acknowledge the truth, and there is no greater truth, Christ himself is the truth. And all that Jesus is, right now at the Father's right hand, is because of what he did in his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So the essence of truth is the sacrifice. So the acknowledgement of the details of the sacrifice, which is after godliness. Godliness means the manifestation of the God life. In other words, because we want, say, um, it says about manifestation. It's not just about receiving, it's about manifestation, getting the manifestation. Because the receiving side is not too hard. You take it. You take it upon the authority that God has promised it. You take it upon the authority the fact that it's finished. You take it upon the authority that you have scriptures that God has given unto you all things that pertain unto life and unto godliness. You take it upon you. You receive on the basis of the fact that inside your spirit you're already blessed with every spiritual blessing. So whatever it is you're desiring, you already have it in your spirit. The kingdom of God dwells within here. So believing to receive is not hard. Amen? God says everyone that asks receive. But the issue is manifestation. And this verse here in Titus 1 verse 1 says that when you acknowledge the truth, when you acknowledge the sacrifice, it will produce godliness. It will cause the manifestation of the God life. Alright, verse 2. In the hope of eternal life, which is the God kind of life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but had in due times manifested the word through preaching. He has manifested the word through saying, through our speaking. He has manifested it. Now, for it to be manifested means for you to experience it. Don't you want to have the experience of whatever the word promises? In other words, to have the experience of whatever that word says. 
God says, this is the system that I've set up. That when you this preaching, I will manifest and give you the experience of the word through preaching. Hallelujah. So we have to be a voice. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible says you will reap if you faint not. Now let's talk about patience for a moment. Um, flip with me to Hebrews chapter 6, okay? Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse, and verse 12 says, and let's, let's read through from verse 11. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of faith, to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith, now I'm going to begin to, to plug in the confidence in the sacrifice. Those who through confidence in the sacrifice and patience inherit the promises. Now remember, patience is faith continued. So faith then, in other words, true, befollows of them who through faith, through confidence in the sacrifice and maintaining and keeping, say keeping, Keeping that confidence in the sacrifice, they inherit, they possess the promises. Amen? So faith plus patience equal manifestation. Now, you don't need to turn to it, but in Luke chapter 8 verse 15, in, in the parable of the sower, it speaks about you having a good, honest heart. You have a good heart. And the good seed of the word of God is planted in your heart. But then now it says, and you bring forth fruit with patience. You bring forth fruit with patience. It actually says, and you keep that word and bring forth fruit with patience. You keep that word, that word that you're standing, you keep that word and you bring forth fruit by remaining in faith, by remaining in that place and maintaining your confidence in what Jesus has done in his death, burial, resurrection and ascension and what he did with you in the sacrifice because you were part of that sacrifice. So to, to hold fast to the confidence in the sacrifice, you are also holding fast to the fact that I'm crucified with him. I was buried with him. I've been raised up together with him. I'm seated with him at the Father's right hand. I'm the righteousness of God. I, the blood of the Lord Jesus has purged me and cleansed me and has, and has given me a new covenant. I've got the life of Christ in me. I've got the word and the promises by which I partake of the divine nature, etc., etc. You follow me? And authority in the name of Jesus. So through faith and patience, maintaining... That confidence, that's how you obtain the promises. But now let me just back up a little bit here to verse 11. It says, we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end and that you be not slothful, but followers of them. And it brings in this issue of diligence. The issue of diligence. Now that is very, very, very important because don't forget, you are in a war. The enemy don't want you to have a harvest and a testimony. He don't want your faith to be encouraged by victory. Amen? So, you have to stand fast. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, after casting all your cares upon him, it says the devil is as a roaring lion looking to, looking to see whom he may devour. Whom he may devour. And, and, and it goes on to say, now this is my paraphrase, make sure you're not one of them by resisting him steadfast in the faith. By resisting him 
steadfast in this confidence in, in what Jesus has done. Yes. Amen? Resisting him steadfast in the faith. So, but that resisting, there is effort in resisting. There is a diligence that is required. So here it says, be diligent to the full assurance of hope. Be diligent. In, in um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse Verse, actually reading right through from about verse, verse 4 says, He's given us great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. And then it says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then it adds, and beside this, give all diligence and add, and add to your faith virtue and to virtue this. And, and it talks about diligence. And then it goes on in Second Peter chapter 1 verse 10, wherefore, the other brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. What do you mean, be diligent to make your calling and election sure? Calling. What the calling? To call. What God has called. What God has spoken. What God has said concerning you. What God has uttered about you. We find it in His Word. We find it and we speak it. God has uttered and God has said that you to be the head and not the tail. God has said that no matter what comes your way, nothing is to separate you from the love of God and that you are more than a conqueror through him. So you in a situation where all hell is breaking loose, God has said you are more than a conqueror. That's what he has spoken. But it says now, for you to make that calling sure... What should you do? Be diligent. There's a diligence. You got to be diligent in meditating in the word. Meditate in the word so you could get the revelation. So that that test stuff, that those truths could be planted in you. So that you're not wavering and, and, and going back and forth. Because the Bible says, and this whole faith issue, that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And let him not think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Now that is not to discourage you. That is basically exhorting and provoking you to stay in faith. To be diligent. Diligent to meditate in the word. Diligent sometimes in binding the devil. Because sometimes the, the problem of what's holding back your harvest is that the devil is there sitting on it. Or he's in some way a hindrance. In which case you've got to use your authority in the name of Jesus and say, Devil, I command you to go from this situation. I take authority over you. I bind you in Jesus' name. I render you powerless in this situation. This weapon formed will not prosper. You got to do that sometimes. And then sometimes you got to deal with your, you, you got to, sometimes you don't know what's going on. Sometimes, it, sometimes part of your harvest has to come through someone else. Someone else is involved. Their will is involved. And you don't know, you don't know what's, what's going on in their life. However, thank God you have the Holy Ghost. And you can pray in tongues so that you can pray about those things that you know not how to pray for as you ought. But that's part of that diligence. That meditating, that praying in tongues, that binding of the devil. The diligence in terms of application of certain things within your own being. And we, we, we will come to some of that. Amen? That you got to deal with. Because sometimes it could be the devil is a problem. could be people is a problem. It could be just the word of God needs to be planted deep inside of you. And sometimes you are the problem. Amen? And if, it's you, if you're the problem, then we got to fix you. <laughs> Amen. Or better yet, you got to fix you. <laughs> With the help of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So there is, so from, from the time I believe I receive to having it, there is the issue of patience. But now understand this. In our humanity, we could get weary. 
we can get tired. We, and, 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 and we can, you know, we can just get tired of standing, tired of fighting, like, go on, you know what I mean? So, strength is needed. So, so what is the answer to that? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy is designed to reinforce and to strengthen and to undergird your patience. Your ability to stay in faith. To maintain your confidence in the sacrifice. Joy is necessary. For that reason, listen to these verses of scripture. James 1 verse 2 to 4. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When pressure comes, count the joy. It's not joy. Pressure is not joy. Come on. But count the joy. Reckon it to be so. Why? Knowing this, that it is your faith on trial. The enemy wants to move you out of faith. Right? And the Bible says in James, uh, sorry, in Peter, that the trial of your faith is more precious than silver and gold. So you got to pass this test. So the trial of your, so count the joy. Because knowing this, that it's not you, but it's the faith that he wants to steal from you. Come to all joy, that the trial of your faith, knowing this, that the trial of your faith, work it, patience. 